talking about a heart to honor. Mm -hmm. Everybody say a heart, a to, heart to honor. honor. We're talking about a heart to honor. You know, we told you guys last week, you know, this is a minister's appreciation month because of your generosity. We were able to honor all of the pastoral staff and show them how much we love them and show them how much we appreciate them. And we appreciate how you reached out to them and how you showed them your love as well. Right. And we say all the time, we're tremendously blessed at FOC to have partners who consistently honor God, us and each other. Mm -hmm. We appreciate your hearts to live out the word of God. And we say a heartfelt thank you yes. for all that you do. Yes. We say a heartfelt thank you for all of you do, for how you pray for this ministry, for how you sow into this ministry, for how you do social media outreach, for how you live like something. We say thank you. We know that honor is the right thing to do. And as believers, we are committed to doing the right thing because it's right. However, in this series, we want to make sure you know how much God honors honor. Amen. How much God honors honor. So we're going to pray and we're going to get started. I want you to begin to give God some praise. I want you to thank God because he's so good. He's so merciful. He's so kind. Father, we bless you. Yes. We honor you. Today, we thank you for Jesus. We're so Amen. glad to be thank saved. You. You, we are thank you for the Holy Spirit. We are so glad to have your spirit living on the inside of us. And Father, we thank you for our precious partners. Mm -hmm. We thank you for the people that you have drawn by your spirit into this ministry. We thank you for the vision that you have given us to teach your people how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience your prosperity in every area of life. And we thank you for using this ministry mightily to change individual lives, to change families, to change work environments, to change towns, and to touch the world for Jesus. Now, as we dive into this teaching of honor, help us to see every place we are honorable, just like John 15, every place we can be more honorable, and every place that we need to learn to yes. be honorable. And help us not to disregard honor because you place a high regard on honor. And we thank you for it in Jesus', in Jesus name. name. Come on, 13 seconds of praise. Give God Amen. some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to just jump into this teaching. Right. We're going to just jump into the teaching. All right. So one of the things that we started uh, talking about, and we did this last week. Uh, the first thing we started talking about is this idea of what actually is honor. What is honor? And honor is simply this. It is the act of giving respect and or praise to someone. When we talk about honor, we talk about it being a show of appreciation. It being an, an action thing. Uh, it, it is the act of giving, whether you're giving words, whether you're giving uh, something tangible. Uh, it could be things like praise to, to someone. It also means to be esteemed or to hold in high regard. And, and that's one of the things I like about honor. Honor means to hold in high regard because when you hold something in high regard, you take care of it differently. Mm -hmm. Yes. You take care of it differently. And I think we can all agree that there are certain things that we probably have in our house that we actually show honor to. There are probably some pictures that you show honor to. I say, well, how do you show honor to a picture? Because you put them in a picture book. You don't just have them laying around so that the elements can get all on it. You care about it, right? And so that's really all honor is. It's, it's protecting the thing that you say is important to you. 
Absolutely. So you have honor in your relationships. You have honor where your kids are concerned. You have honor to the people who are in your life. It means to esteem and to hold in high regard. And so one of the things that we want to talk about today is how do we hold God in, in, in high regard? And then how do we hold our the people who, who serve us, who pour their life into us, those who pastor us uh, and, and those who serve us? in high regard. It's the reason I don't like when I hear those stories at other churches. It doesn't happen here. When people talk about uh, people being mean to the ushers and greeters or the greeters being mean to the people. People laugh at that, but that's showing dishonor to one another. Absolutely. The greeters are there to serve, and so you should show honor to them. The people are there to worship, and without the people, you wouldn't need greeters, so you ought to be honoring them. So it should go back, it should go both ways. So we absolutely, we want to continue to build a culture of honor mm -hmm. in Fellowship of Champions. We want to be honorable, and the truth of it is, the way that we create a culture of honor is for each one of us to decide to be honorable. Mm -hmm. It is to Make the decision to be honorable, even when we don't feel like everything is honorable toward us. Yes. So what do I mean? Pastor Erwin just used the example and he said the greeters should be nice to the people and the people should be nice to the greeters. But even if you came to church and the greeter wasn't nice to you, you can still be honorable. Because even, you get to choose how you respond. Because you get to choose how you respond. And even if the people aren't nice to you, you can choose how to respond. Let me tell you something that's... Um, you know, my grandmother used to be over the ushers growing up, right? And I found out early on that one of the most dishonorable things you can do to an usher is to sit where they have instructed you not to mm -hmm. sit. Like, it's one thing to ask and say, can I sit in this section or can I sit closer? But literally, if, if the ushers say, fill up this section first and you go, no, I'm going to go over there. You are dishonoring the usher. And by dishonoring the usher, you are dishonoring God mm -hmm. because all of that is set in place. And I think the truth of it is, is that if we don't take honor seriously, we can deceive ourselves into believing that we are really honorable people when we actually aren't that honorable. Mm -hmm. And there's always an opportunity to grow in honor. I like that. Always an opportunity to grow in there's honor. There's always an opportunity to grow in honor, mm -hmm. right? Honor is a big deal to God. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and I want you everybody to write this down. We used to say it all the time. Um, part of honor is learning to celebrate people for who they are without stumbling, stumbling over, over who they're they, not. Yep. Learn to celebrate people for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. Why? Because nobody's perfect, yeah. right? And as great as you may think I am in one area or Pastor Chandra is in one area, we have flaws. Yeah. And so you learn to celebrate us for what we bring to your life and you don't tear us down for what we don't. Yeah. You know, and I, and I want you to say that again. So people hear it because I don't know that we've said it really, maybe even since we've been doing the broadcast like this, but we used to say it all the time. And that is that you have to learn how to honor people for who they are without stumbling over who they aren't. And, you know, and, and what does that mean? That Literally, like you said, a person can be very talented and gifted in one area, but maybe they make a mistake in one area. You know, or maybe they're maybe they're not as for I use myself as an example. I have had to learn over time to appreciate people as much as I appreciate the task. Here's what I mean. For me, I always saw the task as being for the people. So if I was doing the task well, then I was serving the people well. But the reality of it is, if someone didn't know that, they could be like, Pastor Edward doesn't care about people. 
Well, that's not true. I care about people, but I had to learn to show it in a different way rather than just my task. So if you so if you stumbled over what I wasn't, which was this person who who understood how to do the um, the, 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 the interpersonal things of relationship in terms of making people feel good mm -hmm. rather than just doing the task for them, you would be like, oh, I don't like, I, I, you know, he don't like people, I don't like him. So you have to be careful. You have to make sure that you don't trip over who people aren't, but you learn how to celebrate who they are. No, I think that's so important. And I think a good example that we've talked about a lot in our church <clears throat> is that I really have a hug limit. Mm -hmm. I have at some point where it's too many touches yeah. for me. Right. And I appreciate the people in our church who have learned to be able to look at my face and say, you tapped out, aren't you? I am tapped out. Now, if you give me about five or 10 minutes to refuel, I might have some more hugs to give. But literally, there are some times where I'm just like, we preach two services. I've hugged like 50 people and I'm like, ooh, it's just enough for me. But, and I think honor is saying, I celebrate you for who you are, even when you are not being everything I want you to be. How much better will all of our relationships be? Let me plug this in. Relationships 101, no, Tuesday, November the 14th. How much better will all of our relationships be if we learn to say, I celebrate you for who you are, but I don't tear you down for who you aren't, right. right? I don't try to form you in my image and make you be everything that I want you to be. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll continue on, but I'll say that that doesn't mean that you take abuse from people it does, no, because no. of what they are. Not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about we're character. Not talking about, really. We're not talking about character we're issues not. and things like that. So I, I just want to say that because I don't want people to be like, well, I'm just going to honor them for who they are, even though they lie to me all the time and don't treat me right. No, no that's no, no, not no. what we mean. We're not talking about that. That's not what we mean, right? So one of the scriptures, our foundational scripture for this text, um, for this series <clears throat> is found in 2 Samuel, the second chapter in the 30th verse in the Christian Standard Bible. It says, therefore, this is the declaration of the Lord, the God of Israel. I did say that your family and your forefathers' family would walk before me forever. But now this is the Lord's declaration. No longer for those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disgraced. This is so important. God says, he says, listen here, I'm going to honor. So really what he's teaching us about honor is that honor operates by seed time and harvest. He says, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. If you don't honor me, you're going to experience the disgrace that comes. He didn't even say, I'm going to disgrace you. He says, disgrace is going to be attached to you because you are not honorable. You know, I, I always use this scripture <clears throat> when I talk to people about the idea of understanding what God said and understanding what God is saying. Because if you look at this scripture, God says, yes, I did say this. He says, but now. <laughs> and so there are things that he's, you know, literally he, he says, but now. This is the Lord's declaration. What I said before was that you, you, you people would walk before me forever. He said, but now here's a new condition. And here is the condition. He said, for those who honor me, I'm going to honor. I'm not going to honor you just for the sake of who you are and your lineage. He says, I'm going to honor those who honor me. But those who despise me, those are going to, they're going to be disgraced. And so we need to understand that this idea of, of, of showing honor is so vitally important if you expect to receive it. 
I use this scripture all the time that says the Bible says if you want to be if you want to if you want to have a friend, you must first do what? Show yourself friendly. So if you want honor, then you need to sow that honor. You know, a lot of times people want it in reverse. You honor me and then I'll honor you. You be my friend and then I'll be your friend. But the Bible actually teaches the opposite of that. It says if you want to be honored, then sow that honor. You want to have a friend, then become friendly to someone. So the mindset has to be that I am honorable because God commanded me yes. to be regardless to what you do. Yes. Say, I want y'all to put this in the comments. Say, I will honor anyway. Yep. I will honor anyway. Honor says I honor because God told me to honor. I don't honor because of you. Right. I honor because of who I am. Mm -hmm. I honor because of who I yes. have decided to be. Honor is a reflection. <laughs> and, and here's a good way that y'all are all understanding. We don't match energy. Right. So people justify being able to be dishonorable yeah. because someone was dishonorable to them. But at cha as champions, we don't match energy. Our energy is only synced with the Holy Spirit. So we are honorable, even if you're dishonorable. And one of the things that we say, said last week is that we can be honorable and disagree yeah. and be dis and not be disrespectful. So this idea of honor doesn't mean you never say that hurt my feelings. I don't like when you talk to me that way. You can't treat me that way. No, it says I'm still going to honor you for who you are, but I can still also honor myself and not be mistreated. I like the way Pastor Rap just said that we don't match people's energy. We match God's character. I like that. We match God's character because, the, you know, and what happens is our society and culture is designed to get us to gradually move away from the thinking of God. What do I mean? It doesn't just try to come and just grab us and totally take us to the devil's side. It wants us to slowly slide that way. Mm -hmm. And so how, do he, how does the enemy get us to slide that way? By having cute little sayings like when they go low, I go lower, you know, or, or I match their energy or when they go low, I go to hell. You know, all of those little sayings that people say and it becomes their mantra and then it becomes how they begin to act out things in their life. And so what happens, the enemy says, okay, I want to get them out of honor. All I got to do is use one of my people to come and be disrespectful to them, and then I can get them to be disrespectful too. This is a little bit of a side note, but we were talking to um, one of our kids about this yesterday, and one of our kids had believed God for a job that they really wanted. They really wanted this job. They, had, before, they spent a year believing God for this job, and they love this job. They, they love what they do with this job. But they work with people who aren't honorable. And as a result, they were allowing that to make them despise the job. And we said to this kid, we say, you have to be careful that you're not a person who allows people to make you abandon what God gave you. Because if the enemy finds out that all he has to do to get you to leave your set place is to get somebody to disrespect you, to get somebody to dishonor you. Think about it. We see people do it all the time. They call it church hurt. They leave the church because somebody disrespected them. They leave a career that they asked God for because somebody disrespected them. And that's why what Ralph says is so good that we match God's character because we cannot allow the enemy to be crafty and to pull us out of our set place by using dishonor to Absolutely. move us. 
Absolutely. This is really important. We hope you guys are getting this. So last week we gave you eight things. Um, we gave you eight things and we're going to go over them and we're going to give you the scripture for eight places that God tells us to honor. And it's really important that we get these. I'll do the odds. You do the evens. God, the first person we always need to God, honor is God. For those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be disgraced. Second Samuel 2 and 30, we just went over that scripture. I think it's very important for us to understand that God sees disobedience as despising him. Yeah. That when we disobey, he sees that as despising him. God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If well, you love if me, you keep, keep his commandments. commandments, you honor him through your love. Absolutely. Right? Number two, we said one the, another group of people that we really need to think about honoring, that is our parents. The Bible says in Exodus 20 and 12, it says to honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And again, we talked about this last week. And when we talk about parents, we know that there are some bad parents. There are. There are parents who did not do right by their children. There are dads and moms who left their kids and, and, and went on and left their life, or they even may have stayed there, but then were abusive to their kids or whatever. When we talk about honoring them, we don't mean you putting yourself in a place to be continually abused by them. We mean that you don't hold uh, on to unforgiveness and those kind of things because the Lord asks us to forgive. But you can forgive and not necessarily be in that person's circle. That's not what we're saying. But when it says to honor them, it means basically you don't dishonor them. You don't you don't do things because they've done things that weren't right by you. You don't now take that opportunity as a, as revenge. But just because you don't talk to a person doesn't mean you're not being honorable. Uh, when you can you can forgive a person if that person hasn't changed, if that person hadn't hasn't made the means and done the work necessary to build that relationship. We're not telling people. You know, that's the reason why I, I don't like it sometimes when people hear someone say, well, you know, I, me and my mother didn't talk. They go, you better talk to your mama. That's the only mama you got. You don't know what they've been through. Uh, but when we talk about honoring our parents, we're talking about doing it in a way that God would see us doing it the right way. Absolutely. It's just like even something like this. Maybe you grew up in a home where your parents cursed you out. Well, the truth of it is, is if you now curse your parents out, God sees you as dishonorable. Yeah. And the thing I love about this promise is that it says here, if you honor your mother and father, it doesn't say anything about what they do to you. Right. It, it says, says if you honor your mother and father, you will live long in the mm -hmm. land that the Lord is giving you. The truth of it is, is that a lot of people may have lived long, but they never got to their land mm -hmm. because they use what their parents did as justification to be dishonorable. Right. We can honor our parents even if we don't like everything mm -hmm. that they do. Yep. Number three, honor your spouse. Mm -hmm. Nobody's exempt from this. This is men and women. In 1 Peter 3 and 7, it says, husbands give honor to the wife. Mm -hmm. Husbands give honor to the wife. And then in Ephesians 5 and 33, it says, let the wife see that she respects her husband. Everybody's called to honor. Amen. Amen. And then the fourth one we talked about was honoring your elders. The Bible says you should rise up before the gray headed and honor the aged. Uh, this is the idea that you are honoring um, those who are who are who are significantly older than you. Uh, giving some grace to the, to them. And, you know, it's like one of those things. Sometimes when you're young, you think you know it all, uh, but you haven't, you may have lived 20 years, but you ain't lived 48 years. You know what I mean? Or you may have lived 30, but you ain't lived 65 years. 
And so it, the Bible just says you be honorable to those uh, who, are, who are older than you. It doesn't mean that everything someone says older than you is right. It doesn't mean that they do everything right. It just means, again, I'm going to take on the character of God and I'm going to show honor. What does that mean? I'm going to hold them in high regard. I'm going to 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 be honorable be to, to them. Yeah, I think that that's really important because what we see a lot in this generation sometimes is we see kids, we see young adults who want the elders money, but not the elders wisdom. Yeah. And the reason they keep needing the elders money because is they because they take. won't take the elders yeah. wisdom. Did y'all hear what we just said? That a lot of the reason these the young people need the elders money is because you won't take the elders wisdom. And it's interesting because a, 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 a thing that I see is very dishonorable is the people who they only come around you. They only speak to you. They only engage with you when they want something from you. And then when they've gotten the money, when they've gotten the help, they're then they're gone yep. to go back to do the thing yep. that they were doing before to end up in the same situation, right? And what happens is, is that a lot of them end up feeling really offended, like you don't love me and you don't care about me. No, actually, you're dishonorable because the last four times you were in this scenario, right. your mother tried to give you the wisdom so you wouldn't be here again. But you was like, I'm grown. I got to live my own life. But then when life was life and you couldn't pay your bills, now you're looking at your mama. Yep. That is dishonoring both your parents and your elders, yep. right? Number five, government officials. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, anybody who knows me knows that I have been seriously challenged in this area. The Lord was like, I don't care how you feel about people in, in office. You can talk about what they are doing wrong, but you don't get to attack their person. Right. And as somebody who grew up on a bus in the 80s, I am proficient at attacking people's person, but God does not like that. It is one thing to say that this person is not telling the truth. It is a, it's one thing to say that this person doesn't have godly character. It is another person to talk about their mom, another thing to talk about their mama, or talk about how funny looking they are, right? We have a responsibility to be respectful and give honor to those who are in authority. Absolutely. And the same thing goes with our bosses, right? Uh, we have to understand that, that, that God, um, for whatever reason, allows us to be in certain positions, in certain jobs, in certain careers, and have certain bosses. Sometimes it's to teach our boss something. Sometimes it's to teach us something. Sometimes it's both. That's but good. even in that situation, he wants us to be honorable. He wants us to be honorable. I know people don't like this particular scripture because of the wording, but it says servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. All that simply means is, hey, those who, who are over you, uh, you, your boss has the right to tell you whether you can or can't take off work. I mean, that, that sounds like a master to me, right? It's a master in that area at least. And so it, then it, it goes on to say, it says that we are to uh, be obedient to them uh, who are masters of us according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as unto Christ. And the next part of that then says, not with eye service. In other words, we don't, we don't act like we're honoring our balls. And then when we get to the break room or we get somewhere else, we dog them out and talk about them and tell everybody how terrible and horrible they are. He said, that's not the right kind of heart to have. He says, we don't do that as men pleasers, but we, we honor our bosses as servants of 
Christ, not as a servant to them. I'm not a servant to my boss. I am a servant to Christ. And because I'm a servant to Christ, then I do what Pastor Ralph says. I match God's character, not my boss's energy, right? It says doing the will of God from the heart is what we're supposed to be doing. So when I go to work, I go to work because I want to do a good job. I want to, I want to do the things that's right, but I'm always doing it because I remember God put me here. So we want to challenge you when you are at work to remember you work is unto the Lord. Yep. Even if everybody else is lazy, even if everybody else talk about everybody, you are a champion, baby, and you work as unto the Lord. Can you put that in the comments? I work as unto the Lord. I do what I do for the Lord. Even if I have a job that I don't really like, I still need to do it with excellence. Yes. I was talking to a young lady the other day and she was telling me about how she lost her job because she hated the job and she wasn't being excellent. And I was like, but in reality, that's a character issue for you yes. because even if we don't like work, we should care enough about our reputation and the Lord's reputation to do our work with excellence. And if you don't like the job enough that you're not even doing a good job at it, go get another job. But well, don't stay in a job doing a bad job because you don't like the job. It's a character issue where you are concerned when you do that. Absolutely. Number seven, children. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Ephesians 6 and 4. Now, listen, if you got kids, you've been a kid, you know that sometimes you're going to be upset with your parents. You, But there is a big difference in being upset with your parents because your parents are telling you the right thing and you miss being mistreated by your parents. So listen, don't call your kids stupid. Don't call them dumb. Don't call them retarded. Don't tell them they ain't gonna never be nothing. Don't, 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 don't do stuff for them and throw it in their face. Like just treat your kids the way you want to be treated. Treat your kids the way you want to be treated. Or treat your kids the way the Lord will want you to treat them. Okay, some well, of you may not want to be treated well. Well, but just because you don't want to be treated well doesn't mean your kids shouldn't be treated well. And there's the pity for today. <laughs> All right. And number then number eight, eight, church leaders. The Bible says to honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work, First, First Thessalonians 5 and 12. And I have to tell you that, really, I can tell you that over the last probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe five to seven years, I've gotten more joy out of pastoring than I have all those other previous years combined because the, the because of the I won't say I don't know why I can say it because of the quality of the partners that we have. Uh, our partners don't make it for the most part. They do not make it hard for us to do our job. The Bible talks about not making it hard for your pastors to do their job because their job is to really watch over your souls. And so I appreciate the people who don't make it difficult. Does that mean I expect everybody in Fellowship of Champions to be perfect? No. no. Does that mean I expect everybody in Fellowship of Champions to never need any help? No. no. Does that mean I expect everybody in Fellowship of Champions to never need to have a conversation where they have to be redirected? No. But what I am saying is that when you are redirected, when you do need the help, when you do, when you do need some teaching in a particular area, what I have found is that the partners that we have in this ministry are quick to hear and obey. They are quick to hear and obey. Do they get it right every time? No. Do we get it right with the Lord every time? No. no. But our partner's heart is quick to obey. And one of the things we said is that, man, we are starting to, the Lord has really called us to this place where there are people who we've been helping and assisting and doing things for who haven't been doing that. And the Lord is telling us to stop. And it's hard for us because we want to help them, but we also not going to be disobedient to the Lord. And it's hard for them because they're like, wait a minute, what do you mean you're not going to help me again? 
We're not going to help you again because your heart hasn't been open to all the things we've been instructing you to do. So shout out to all the partners who do hear, listen, obey. And if they mess up, they come back, get more instruction and they go back and they do it again. So, so give yourselves a hand for being amazing partners. The other day I was walking. In fact, the, you ought to go ahead put this in the comment section. If this is true, put this in the comment section. Say, I'm an amazing partner. Now you judge that. But, you but, judge but, it. <laughs> now we, we know what we think, but you should put that in the comment section. I am an amazing partner. While you're putting that, the other day I was walking and the Lord said to me, he said, this is a season I want you to inspect your investments. Mm. He says, I want, he says, as a steward, you have a responsibility to get the maximum return. Yep. He said, so when you look at the money I have given you, I have given the ministry, do you see a harvest from some of the people? Mm. And he said, when you are not seeing a harvest from the people and you have helped them and you have instructed them, then what you need to do is you need to stop. Yep. And then he said to me, he said, and I don't want you and Edwin to finance poverty. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean finance poverty? He says, everybody needs help sometimes. No one should need help all the time. He said, in this season, it is imperative that people who come to you for help, not just monetary help. Right. He said, when, he said, when you tell somebody what to do for their marriage and you spend two hours talking to them about what to do with their marriage, and they don't do it. You do not owe them to continue to give them that time. That is not a good investment. So inspect your investment. And I think that's a word for all of us. In every season, we need to be inspecting our investment because one of the strategies of the enemy is to exhaust you with people who won't do it so that you don't have time for the people who will. Did yep. you hear what I just said? Yep. One of the strategies of the enemy is he will use your sister to wear you out when you got three cousins who would do exactly what you told them to do. Yep. He has a partner who won't follow instructions and, and you got 300 partners who will follow instructions. You got one kid that won't do what you say and you're so exhausted dealing with them that you don't even see how you can pour into your other kids. This is the season to inspect your investments, Amen. right? Amen. And so to all of our amazing partners, thank you for that because you make it easy <coughs> to determine what good looks like. Yeah. You make it easy to determine what good looks like. We were talking about how we got an amazing testimony that's coming, but it's not ours to tell. But we were talking about how we like were helping one of our partners and basically they had to uproot their life and change everything around. Right. Literally in about a four day spirit uh, period of time. But you know what they did? They followed all the instructions. Yeah. They followed all the instructions. Yeah. They worked with Pastor Nietzsche, who's a counselor. They did what Pastor Nietzsche told them to do. They worked with Pastor Chandra. Chandra gave them instructions. They did what Chandra told them to do. And they did what we told them to do. And we were talking about this. Even though their situation was very tough, they bring us so much joy working with them because they follow instructions. Yeah. Listen, I want you to hear this. If you don't follow instructions, this is an old grandma word. You worry something. When people don't follow instructions, that's worrisome and it's stressful and it goes against what the Bible says when it says, don't make it hard on them because they are straining to help you, right? When, when people come for assistance, 
not just from us, whether you go to assist to a counselor, your boss, uh, another pastor, if you, have, if you have a pastor somewhere else, it doesn't matter. When you go to that person for instruction, you go because you need instruction. That's the reason you go. If you knew what to do, you would just do it and you wouldn't have to worry about it. But when you go and, they, get, and, and, they, and they hear from God and give you instruction and then you don't follow it, you have literally transgressed the instructions from the Lord. And the Bible says that a transgressor, uh, that the, the ways of a transgressor is what? Hard. The ways of a transgressor is hard. So if you go to Pastor Ralph, Pastor Sandra, Pastor Nietzsche, Pastor Chris, us, you go to your other pastor, you go to your therapist, you go to your counselor, you go to your coach, and they give you instruction and you don't follow it, it's supposed to be hard for you. Ooh. It's supposed to be hard. Ooh, you're wondering, it. you're wondering why it's hard. It's supposed to be because the ways of a transgressor is hard. Hey, studio, can you find that scripture? <laughs> I think that this is so important because I think that this is such, and we're going to get into ways we honor God, but we don't want to rush this series because we really want you to get it in your heart. And you guys need to understand this. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. And here is the challenge for many of you. And take a deep breath and hear this. You're nice, but you're still a transgressor. You're a nice person, but you're still a transgressor. Let me give you an example. The other day I was praying about somebody and I was saying, man, I really could help them. I really could help them if they would listen. And, and the Lord said, they're not ready. They love their adult children too much to follow the instructions. Every time pressure comes, they're going to go and put themselves in a bad position for their kids, which is why they can't change their financial situation. Now, that looks good. It looked like, oh, you such a good mama. No, you're actually not a good mama because you're disobeying God to do was because you're so emotionally tied yeah. to, to, to the high you get from your kids. Pull the scripture back up it's because Proverbs we need 13, to know this. 15, Proverbs 13 15, 15 17. Yeah. It says, good understanding giveth favor. Now watch that. Good understanding giveth favor. That's the instruction you came for. You came for instruction. So now you got instruction. You got a good understanding. What does that good understanding do for you? It gives you favor. It gives you favor. And favor is when God raises up somebody to use their power, their influence, and their provision on your behalf. But to the, do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. To do it for you what you couldn't do for yourself. But the way of a transgressor is hard. That's the word of God. Tell your neighbor. Say when you're disobedient, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be. It is supposed to be hard. People call me sometimes and they call me and go, Pastor Edward, well, I don't know why it's so hard. I start talking to them and finding out. Like literally, people will say things like this. Well, the Lord told me to apply for a new job, but I was just, you know, I felt so loyal to the people who I was working with and I didn't. And then I got laid off. You're supposed to be laid off. The way Because the Lord told you to go somewhere else and you chose not to obey God. You chose to do what was comfortable, what you thought in your mental state was the right thing to do when God told you the opposite. Your life's supposed to be hard now. Why? Because the way of a transgressor is hard. But look at the rest of it. It says every prudent every. man dealeth with knowledge, every. but a fool layeth open to his folly. So basically the fool, but, but listen. I want you to understand. And what is a fool? A fool has said in his heart that there was there is no God. How do you now, know there's no God? Because you don't obey the God who talks. Now to I you. want you to think about this because y'all <laughs> you, you wouldn't see it this way. 
So when God says to you, it's time to get another job mm -hmm. and you refuse to go and get another job, mm -hmm. you have said there is no God regarding my employment. Mm -hmm. I am my own God. So then you don't get the other job that God told you to because you thought it was better to be loyal to somebody who had given you a job five years ago. And then you end up getting laid off or you end up not having enough money to pay your bills. And then you say, God, where are you? Mm. God was in the instruction to move. What was God? It? What was, was God? In, God was in the instruction God was in the to instruction. move. God, put this in the comments. God is in the instructions. Yes. How many of you ever said, God, where are you? God is in the instructions he told you to do. Now, listen, we preach it better than you saying amen right now, <laughs> because some of you can just see how your life, why your life has these hard spots. There are some of you, you have had to be given the same instruction over and over and over and over again, but God is in the instruction. So when you disregard the instruction, you are saying there is no God to speak to you in that area, which means you are now responsible for your own life. It opens Change. you up to all the folly. All the foolishness. All the foolishness. All, all the, the foolishness. All the hardness. Everything. The way of a transgressor is hard. Put this in the comments. It is not the will of God for my life to be hard. Mm, it is not. It is not the will of God. Listen, it's 75 people on this broadcast right now that we can see. You, you ought to be seeing it is not the will of God. For it my is life not to be the hard. will of God for my life to be hard. Amen. So when my life is hard. Why is my life hard? Where am I transgressing? Where am I transgressing? We've been talking to people a lot about this right here. Um, it we've been talking to people a lot about their health. Yeah. And one of the reasons it started is because we spend so much time praying for the sick. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to me one day, many of these people are sick because of their food. They are sick because of what they eat. Now, it is a horrible thing when your body is filled with inflammation. You just want somebody to lay hands on you and to make it better. But I can't keep laying hands on you for it to get better for you when the reason that you keep having inflammation is you keep eating what God told you to take off the plate. If God said you don't eat dairy and you say, but I love ice cream and you eat the dairy and you get inflamed, you're supposed to be inflamed. You are supposed to. <laughs> Do y'all understand I this? don't know what people Do don't get about that. If you stay with a man that God told you not to be with, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be. If you shack, it's supposed, it's supposed to, be to be hard. If, if you don't, you don't do it tie, God's way, it's supposed, it's supposed to, be to be hard. His instructions are designed to bring us into a soft life. Yes. Hard, and then each of them pulled it out for us. Hard head makes soft behind. Yeah. Can some of you see in your life? Or at least bruised ones. At least bruised ones. <laughs> it may not be too at soft. least bruised ones. Can some of you see in your life that you have participated in the folly? Because it wasn't that you didn't have an instruction from God. It was that you didn't think he was instruction was best or you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to give up that man. So you stayed five more years and he took you down through there and embarrassed you and four women came over to your house. But God told you when y'all was sitting over dinner at Denny's that that wasn't your man, but you were going to make it be true. This, this, is this helping anybody? 
because your life is not supposed to be hard. If God tells you to do something with your business and you don't do it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. The beautiful thing is that your heart, when we're walking in faith, is temporary hard. Mm -hmm. It is hard to, as we control our flesh, it's temporary. But baby, we are supposed to live life as champions, right? Yes. So listen, say, I obey God quickly. I obey God quickly. Baby, I obey God quickly. And some of you need to step into things where you like, I obey God quickly. Some of you are sitting here right now. God has been giving you instructions with your eating. God has been giving you instructions in your money. God has been telling you what to do in finances. Listen, Pastor Ellen has been saying since the pandemic, everybody ought to make six figures. I want you to hear me. If you don't make six figures and you are not actively looking for a job to make six figures, you are the foolish in your folly. The reality of it is, is that there are people, right? And you need to understand this. Let me give you this example. Peter had told all night. They had gone out to fish all night because this is what some of y'all say. So we're going to release a word over you in order to help you get a new job, in order to help you get new clients. Um, they had toiled all night and they had done everything the way that they knew how to do it. Every, Fishermen, everything their profession told them to do. Everything their done. profession told them to do. Yep. They had toiled all night and nothing happened. They were cleaning their nets and Jesus said, let me use your boat. He said, and let your net down on the other side. Now, Peter says something interesting. He says, we have told all night, nevertheless, at your word, I will do it. And literally when Peter put that net in the water, the fish began to jump in that net so much so that he had to call his partners in fishing to come and help him. But do you know that even in that moment, Peter obeyed, but he still didn't get everything he was supposed to get because he didn't, he let down a net. Because he kind of trusted what God said when he had nets. Here's the reality. Many of you, you have been looking for jobs and you got discouraged because nothing happened is the way that you thought it was going to happen. You thought it was going to be your network. You thought it was going to be who you knew and you thought it was going to be your education and all of that stuff. But we want to give you a word. You are a champion and increases your inheritance. Mm -hmm. If you don't make a minimum of a hundred thousand dollars go look again go look again go look again if you make a hundred and ten thousand dollars go look for the hundred and fifty thousand dollars job if you make two hundred thousand dollars go look for the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar job why because the increase is not just for your family is to be able to advance the kingdom and the more discretionary income you have the more we can impact the kingdom how through scholarships through all the people that we help 
through all the outreaches that we do, but you got to participate in the process. If you are a teacher, you may need to leave that district that you're in. I'm not saying you can't be a teacher. Maybe you need to come up with a curriculum. Maybe you need to add, build a tutoring program. I don't know, but I know that there are opportunities for you. And some of you do need to leave, leave the cities that you're in. You need to leave the districts you're in. You need to leave the companies that you're in. Some of you need to change departments, but I am telling you, go again. Amen. Go again. You say it too. Go again. Tell them go again. Go again. Go again. Go again. You know, here's the thing. We talk to people all the time. There are some people who are absolutely doing what they're called to do and they don't make six figures. But there are other things you could be doing to advance. What do I mean? I mean, maybe you maybe you are a teacher and maybe you're a fifth year teacher. Fifth year teacher doesn't make $100,000, right? But you don't spend all of your waking hours teaching. What yeah. other things could you do? What are your other skills? What are your other talents? I just encourage people not to allow a job to dictate to you all of your income. Don't let a job dictate all your income. If you're making 50 and you move to 75, don't beat yourself up because you're not making 100, but always be advancing. Always be thinking. If, if, you, if you're called to the six-figure mark, and I'm telling you, if you're a partner here, you're called to the six-figure mark. At, at minimum, at minimum, I'm saying what's your progress? Don't get comfortable just being at 50, being at 65. Don't get comfortable there, you know, and don't even get comfortable and say, well, my, my spouse makes six figures. That's your spouse. That's great for them. But every partner, not every couple, every partner has been called to six figures. So that's for you, too. And it's a beautiful testimony because when you first started saying that, I used to say, hey, I don't have to make $100,000 because right. you make $100,000. And then you were like, girl, the word is for you, too. Right. So I'm telling y'all, girl. Boy, the word is for, <laughs> word you, is too. for you too. And here's what ended up happening. You ended up getting to retire yeah. because I did what God told me to do. Amen for Jesus. Amen for Jesus, right? Listen, receive the word. And you say, what does it have to do with honor? How you steward this word shows how honorable you are to the God who mm -hmm. gave it. Because the only reason your man of God would give you a word like that is that God cares about your finances. Amen. God cares about what's going on in your Amen. life, right? Now, we want to talk about in our last few minutes today. Tell us right now what your takeaways are in the comment. You can still share this. You can still engage. But we want to get into this section now where we talk about how we honor God. And the first how way, do we honor the God? very first way that you're going to honor God, and we say this all the time and we mean it from the bottom of our heart, is you are going to have to accept Jesus Christ. You got it. The Bible Jesus. says that it is the will of God that none should, should perish. perish, that none should perish. The Bible says here in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the whole entire world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, look at this, you are whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but would have everlasting life. The first way you can honor God is by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And, I and, I and we say this all the time, especially for those people who live in the South, you have to really ask people the question, have you accepted Jesus? You can't just be like, well, do you go to church? Because there's a lot of people who go to church. We met a couple people recently who went to church. And they was like, but I've never accepted Christ. Like, what do you mean? They was like, well, I went to church because I got invited. I like the people there. I like the music. The preacher was nice. But they never, ever said, Lord, I want to ask you to be in my life and to be the the the." the 
the savior, the partner of my sin. I commit my life to you. They've never actually made the commitment to Jesus. And so if you want to honor the Lord, that's the first thing you need to do. That's so important because you think about it, somebody may be thinking, how can I dishonor God by not accepting Jesus? Because the Bible says we're all born into sin mm -hmm. and God sent Jesus to be the appropriation of our sin, to be the payment of our sin. So when we say, I don't need Jesus to get to God, we are saying, God, you lied. We were not born in the sin and we just have the right to access you however we want yeah. to. Now we're that's we're clear that's dishonorable. Right. We're clear that's dishonorable. Right. It's like if I invite you to my house and I say come in through um the front door and you say no I'm gonna come in through the window. I'm gonna come in through the window because I that's what I want to do when I come to your house. We know that's dishonorable. Yeah. So accepting Jesus. Yeah. Number two, after we accept Jesus, the next thing that we have to, the way we honor God is by our heart posture mm -hmm. but in your hearts honor the lord jesus christ as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for reason ask you for a reason for the hope that is within you yet do it with gentleness and respect that's first peter 3 and 15 he says but in your hearts honor christ mm -hmm. as holy not as a prophet not as a good man as holy, honor him as holy. Always prepare to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you, but do it with gentleness and respect. Amen. 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 Here's the next one. By our lifestyle. By our lifestyle. Wow. Oh, Lord. It says so, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do. So or don't, so don't do. get caught up on just the eating and drinking. He says, or oh, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. In other words, there ought to be a difference. And I know people don't like that in this new age, but there ought to be a difference in the lifestyle of a person who says, I am a believer in Jesus Christ and someone who says, I am not. Amen. There ought to be a distinct difference. And that distinct difference shouldn't be about an arrogance. It shouldn't be about being pious, uh, but it should be a difference in the way we behave. Absolutely. It, it should be a, a, a and the next one's going to talk about it, so I won't jump into it, but there should be a difference in what comes out of our mouth. There should be a difference in the way we show up, the way we respond. We shouldn't, if, if someone says something to someone who doesn't know Jesus and that person curses them out, it shouldn't be the same response when someone says something for, to us and people, we don't like it. It should not be. We shouldn't be responding should the same be. way. You know, and this whole idea uh, of, of, well, I'm, I'm going to put down my religion or or they're going to, you know, they're going to take me back to before I was saved. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't the kind of things that a believer should be doing. So we have to make sure that we're honoring God in our lifestyle. You know, uh, this idea of being faithful to the one that we've called, right? We see now in, in our society where people are almost make cheating like it's not a big deal anymore. It's still a big deal to God. It's Look. still a big deal <laughs> it's to still God. A big deal. And the things that are, are things that God talks about are still a big deal to him. Like fornication, yes. still a big deal to God. Yes. I don't care how gossiping is still a big deal to gossiping, God. Gossiping, gluttony, it's still, still a big, big deal, deal to God. God. Lying, still a big deal to <laughs> God. See, it's still a big <laughs> right. deal to God. So then we by our lifestyle. This is why we say in this ministry all the time, what? Live like, Live something. like something. Put that in the comments, guys. Live like something. Yes. Number four. So we've said by accepting Jesus, by our heart posture, by our lifestyle. Number four, 
by our conversation, mm -hmm. by our conversation. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father, through him. Now, I just want you to think about this. Can you imagine the stuff? I'm sorry. I kicked that. Mm -hmm. Can, uh, you want to straighten it back? Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I kicked it. Try to, I guess. Technical difficulties in the studio. My bad, guys. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or do, deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all you got to do is stop and think about this right here. Would I have this conversation if Jesus was here? Would I do this deed if Jesus was here? I know I'm flirting with this woman husband, but would I do it if Jesus was here? I know that I am still in a little bit at work, but would I do that if Jesus was here? By our conversation, would I say that or would I do that if I was aware that Jesus was there? Would I do it? That's the question. Because the truth of it is, um, we I used to take the boys to get their haircut. When I would take the boys to get their haircut, whenever I would come in, the barber would tell everybody, hey, Pashon is here, don't curse. And I would say, don't tell them not to curse in front of me. Because if you curse in front of Jesus, who am I? Right. And the reality of it is, is that many of us, we, we will be more honorable with church people than we will with the Lord. Right. So we, we don't, you don't want me to know you cuss, but you don't care to God know you cuss. You don't want me to know that you're addicted to porn, but you don't care that God knows that you're addicted to porn. We really need to stop and think about it. That is by our conversation and it's by our lifestyle. And that is how we honor God. It is what we do, not just in public, but what we do in secret. And I believe if more of us were aware of that, there are things we just wouldn't get caught up in. I agree. 100 percent. All right. The other thing that we can honor God is by our giving. By our giving. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 and 9 that you honor the Lord with your wealth. Now, I like this because this indicates I'm supposed to be wealthy. It does. I don't know a lot of times when people read this, it, it, it says that you are to honor the Lord with your wealth. In other words, you, you should be a person of wealth. He says, and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Uh, in other words, whatever you have in your life, when something comes into your hand, your first thought ought to be, how can I use a portion of this to honor God? Mm -hmm. That's that, that when if someone gives me something, I'm thinking if it's if it's cash or if it's if, if someone gives me uh food or whatever, I'm thinking, how can I use a portion of this to bless someone else? And so I honor God by giving. Number one, I do like the Corinthians, I give my heart to him first, right? I give my heart to him. Uh, that's the first thing I want to do. And then after that, I if I'm a tither. We said in this church, we got 100% tither and 100% servers. servers. Yes. And so I give my time, my talent, my resources. I give those things to the Lord. And so by doing that, I honor the Lord with my giving. I give of my of my heart to him. I give of my time, my talents, my resources, my finances. I give to the ministry in which I'm called to serve in. Why? Because I understand this is a way for me to honor him mm -hmm. because I honor the thing he's called me to. So the thing I'm called to can help other people. Amen. And then number six, the last one for today, by our treatment of others. Mm -hmm. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, we're using the ESV translation. It says, and he said unto him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all your mind. Tell your neighbor that's first. This is the first and great commandment. 
<clears throat> and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets, mm -hmm. right? He says, you want to love your, you want to love God with all of your heart. Now, I want to give you a good example of what this looks like when it says you love your neighbor as yourself. I assume because you own here, you have, you, you have accepted Jesus. You have no interest in going to hate. And if you haven't, we should take care of that today. If you haven't, you should give your life to Jesus today. But listen, so I can't love you so much that I'm willing to co-sign your sin. When I know Jesus, because that's not loving you like I love myself. Right. I don't want myself to be eternally separated right. from God. So, so no matter how frustrated it may make you for me to talk to you about your behavior or your rejection of Jesus, I must love you enough to do that. Because in reality, I want you to be with Jesus just like I want to be with Jesus. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people have really confused that and they, they love to be, you know, like things like, oh, if one of our kids was having an affair, they could bring their mistress um, to our house. Absolutely not. Or you could come to our house and you could shack or you could come to our house and smoke weed or those things because I love you so much. No, I love God with all of my heart, soul and mind. And I love you like I love myself. And I got to tell you the truth the way I want somebody to tell me the truth because I don't want to be shipwrecked. Well, and even something that is even I won't say more simple, but something that is that people can even relate to not even more, but, but can relate to, that is the idea that I, we love our children, right? But you don't give your five-year-old permission to drive your car. Why? Because you love your child, but if you gave a five-year-old permission to drive your car, they would injure themselves or someone else. And so this idea that love is about giving everybody everything they want or accepting everything they want to do, we don't really believe that. We, we don't really believe it, and we demonstrate it early on in life. That's good. We, so, so, so because... I love my children. I didn't let them drive a car when they were five years old because I wanted to protect them. So at the same time, just because I don't give you what you want when you're an adult or I don't approve in everything you do when you're an adult, it, that that doesn't mean that I don't love you. And it's a form of manipulation for someone to say, well, if you love me, you'd accept me as this. You'd accept me doing this. You'd accept me for this. No, that's actually not true. It's a form of manipulation. I refuse to be manipulated. Love is about what it uh, is about loving my loving God with all my heart and then loving you in the same manner that I love God. And that means holding you to the same standard that God holds me to. Well, amen. Did y'all learn something today? We are an honorable church. FOC is an honorable church. Mm -hmm. Listen, just before we go, we got this super cool video and we know that everybody wasn't at church last week. We want to show you this video that we have that's celebrating our um that that's celebrating our ministry leaders and we ask you not to jump off. It's a 36 second video. We ask you to watch it, come back and then we're going to do our wrap up. Yeah, and then we want to, you know, we want we talked about honoring Pastor Chris last week. Mm -hmm. And so this week we are highlighting and honoring Pastor Shonda. Absolutely. All right, here's the video.
Can you give it up for our pastoral leadership team? Lots of experience. Ralph and um and um Nitra, they've been here 17 years. We've been here 23. Pastor Chris, she hasn't been a pastor for two for four above for four years, but man, she's been operating as a pastor for many years. And so is Pastor Chandra. We have an amazing team here, and we just want you thank you for honoring Pastor Chris last week. This week we're loving on Pastor Chandra. We're gonna sell highlight somebody every week. We want to remind you next month. At the huddle, November 12th, what are we doing? We are honoring our volunteers. volunteers. We have volunteers. We have um, Darius, who's in Alabama, Tierra, who's in Texas, Don, who's in D.C., people who are all over the nation. We really hope that you can be here because we would love to see your faces. We would love to be able to put our gift in your hands and let the whole church just see what it is that you do. We are so incredibly blessed. Now, listen, if you have not accepted Jesus as your personal savior, we just told you that the first thing you need to do to honor God is to accept Jesus. This is your opportunity. If you want to accept Jesus or you're like, man, I just need to come back home. I'm just out here in, in these streets living La Vida Loca. I need to come home. I'm in the pig being come home. Why? Because this is the good life. The good life is with Jesus. It's with Jesus. And so if you've done, if you want to do that, you can, if you use the text line, did you know this guys? If you use the text line, the FOC um, text, um, connect to FOC INT, text FOC INT to 1-844-387-5122. Do you know that you can send prayer requests? You can also send a message back and say, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. Now, listen, are you a partner of this ministry? If you're not, you ought to be. How can you become a partner of this ministry? Go to www.focchurch.com and scroll down to complete the partnership registration form. We are over 500 strong and we are pushing toward a thousand because we got a lot of lives to reach. We got a lot of people to teach how to walk in love, live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And last but not least, it's your opportunity to give. Something supernatural happens when we pray and something supernatural happens when we give. And we are 100% tithing church. And we want to encourage you that you bring your tithe and your offering with joy and thanksgiving yes. to the Lord yes. today. Why? Because your tithe, it rebukes the devourer for your sake. How do you live in a, in a time when inflation is up, when we're heading toward recession? You know how we live because we are tithers and God rebukes the devourers. You know how we get our increase? We're sowers. We give and it shall be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into our bosom. So we want to encourage you to use our various platforms, Givelify, Push, Pay, Tithely, Text to Give and PayPal for our international partners. Man, and I want to end by saying you can have a final end. I want to end by saying I am so thankful for our partner. I am too. I am so tremendously blessed. Absolutely. We talked to so many pastors, so many pastors that are exhausted, so many pastors that feel just overrun by the people in their church. And we just want to thank you guys for being amazing partners. We love you. We appreciate you. We pray God bless on, best on you. And if you do not make a minimum of $100,000, it is your time to go again. Get your next level of increase. Amen. Those of you who said that you wanted to volunteer in some area, send me a message via Facebook Messenger. 
I would love to get you plugged in to uh, our newly created hospitality ministry, our parking lot ministry, get you tech, get you plugged in with, with, with our greeters, uh, get you plugged in if you, if you want to teach, if you want to pray, Pastor Chandra can train you how to do that. Listen, I want you to get plugged in. I don't want you to feel like because you don't live here, there's there's nothing you can do. There's so much that we need to get done, so much that we need to get done. Uh, and we just need your hands in the earth to do it. So send me a message. All right. We love you. Have an amazing week. And we'll see you in all of the activities this week. God bless you. God bless you.